Excellent job. Uh, we're going to look at a verse. We, we, we've just started a series this uh, last weekend, and uh, it's about the Holy Spirit. And so uh, last week was uh, Holy Spirit in regards to God is closer than you think. But this week, the Holy Spirit, God wants to lead us. Um, I want to read uh, a passage that we read last week as my preface to everything we want to say today. John chapter 14, 15 to 18. Uh, and it goes like this. Uh, this is Jesus speaking because John wrote this, but he was a disciple of Jesus. So he got an inside running on everything Jesus spoke because he was around at the time. And so he wrote the words of Christ. And he says, if you love me, uh, verse 15 of John 14, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he'll give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. I, uh, I love this passage for many different reasons. It's just so full of truth, but uh, no less, uh, the, 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 probably one of the great things I love is Jesus says, I'm going to send another helper. Um, and uh, when you think about that, if he says another helper, that means there must have been a previous helper. And Jesus uh, was actually speaking of himself. Uh, he's the first helper on the earth, that is. And the Holy Spirit's going to be the second helper. I love the word helper because the version of the New King James Version uses that. But quite literally, the word in the Greek is uh, paraclete. And uh, it has, it's very difficult to define in any English words. Uh, not difficult, but it's hard to nail the Holy that that word Paraclete in one word because it's many different things. The Holy Spirit, as we see, if you look at different versions, the translators have used the word Comforter, Teacher, uh, Helper, as they do here. Uh, they use other things like um, uh, what have we got? Friend. Uh, also, the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance all the things we read in the Bible, so He'll do that. Holy Spirit will teach us. Holy Spirit will convict us of sin. So there's many uh, attributes to the portfolio of the Holy Spirit. Uh, but I, the, the one thing that I love is that um, He's going to be with us. The very heart of God that He would always be with humanity. Um, and if you see uh, Jesus came right at the start of Jesus' birth, uh, the words that were spoken about Christ was, He will be called Emmanuel, which literally means what? God with us. And um, from that moment, uh, God um, maintained that promise. And of course, when Jesus left, they sent the Holy Spirit, which is exactly like God, uh, exactly like Jesus Christ and all the attributes. In actual fact, the Holy Spirit shows us what Jesus is like and the Holy Spirit's like. So we want to talk about that. Now, particularly, I want to just uh, give you some uh, thoughts today in regards to the Holy Spirit on the earth. He takes everything that happens in our life and uh, He actually wants to uh, lead us. He actually wants to guide us. Uh, we have many things in the world that want to dictate to you how you should think and what you should say and how you should conduct your life. But I want to tell you the greatest way that you should conduct your life and live your life is through the guidance of God's presence through the Holy Spirit. Because God says in Jeremiah, He says, I actually know the plans that I have for you 
and they're not plans to destroy you, they're plans to give you blessing in life. Who wouldn't want that? Uh, that's God's plan for us. And so through the Holy Spirit, He wants to guide us. He wants to give us insight. He wants to give us direction. And I find that in life as I've gone through, there's probably many times in a year I'll have someone come and ask me and say, can we just pray together? Because I really need direction right now in my life. I really need some answers for my circumstances. I'm really not quite sure what choice to make in the next week or two. Can we just pray? Because I really want God to give me direction. And what we're really saying is I really want God to give me direction in the Holy Spirit can direct us because He's present. It says in John 14 that we wrote that He not only lives with us, but He can dwell within us. And so his, one of His great attributes is He wants to guide us. He wants to lead us. Um, and so I want to talk about that today. Let's just, just a verse that will show you this, John 16 verse 13 Listen to this. However, when He, will be on the screen, when He, the Spirit of what? The Spirit of truth. Don't we need truth today? Oh, more than anything, we need truth. He's not a spirit of lies. Holy Spirit's not a spirit of maybes. Holy Spirit's not a spirit of broken promises. He's a spirit of truth. He'll share truth. And, and then has, and notice it says, has come, and He will guide you into all truth. So it's not like sometimes that he just puts a neon sign in the sky and says, here, this is the way, walk in it. But the Holy Spirit is more like he guides us into that truth. Sometimes you and I want the Holy Spirit to be like a traffic policeman at the intersections of our big decisions and say, you go that way, you go this way. You know, do you know what I mean? And, and, And you know what? The Holy Spirit isn't like that. Holy Spirit's more like a potter. You know, there's someone who works the clay on the potter's wheel and molds us and guides us into making the right decisions. And he's not this policeman that's going to say, bang, you got to... Now, sometimes God can do that through the Holy Spirit, but more likely the Holy Spirit will what? As it says in the verse, as he says in the verse, he will guide us into all truth. That's the nature of God. He wants us to see how, because I often think that if God gave us everything we wanted instantly, we'd be pretty spoiled. But God guides us to learn and discover the truth. And uh, that's how the Holy Spirit operates. So He'll guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak and He will tell you things to come. The word guide means to show the way. Now, I I was contemplating how the Holy Spirit does that. And I want to, in a moment, I'm going to be sharing with you uh, just some uh, God's guidance and how He does that. But I'm so aware that we, I have many stories we could share about just in my own life, how God just guides me at those crucial moments. But I just thought, you know, there's a great testimony we have in our church here. I want Tians to come and share his testimony about something that just recently happened in the last two months. And I love this story. And if you haven't heard it, you're going to hear it right now. Have I set it up? <laughs> Thanks, Tian. Good morning, church. God is good. Um, I don't want to take a long time. I just want to quickly sum uh, up what God has done and how He works. And it's just amazing. Um, for you that, that don't know me that well, um, I just love the Aussie outdoors. I think we got the most amazing um, plants and, and trees and stuff around here. And uh, I decided I want to learn a bit more of that. So I tried to spend a bit of time in um, outdoors. Um, one particular Saturday afternoon, I was um, out on the motorcycle um, 
just looking at different trees, or trying to find the biggest and um, thickest trunk in our region. Um, so I spent about three hours in the state forest here, just off Kirkwood. Um, got back to my car and just realized I lost my car keys. And that was a, was a bit upsetting. Um, I rang Petra, we try and get a, a locksmith out. There was none available at that time in Gladstone. He was in Rocky, he will be back the, the following day. It cost about $350 to get a new key made. And then because you need to come out on a Sunday, it will be another $350, so about $700 plus just to get a key, uh, w which we don't really have that money at, at that stage. So um, I was upset. And um, I just realized why I was upset is because we all always like to be in control. And all of a sudden, I found in a, in a situation that uh, I, I, I was not in control. I, I don't know what to do. But luckily, I, I know someone who was always in control. And um, while I was upset, I turned that upsetness into praise. Um, the word of God said, God, come and live under the praises of his people. And as I praise him, I start to, to feel his presence and I start to um, experience God. And he showed me a tree just a little bit where I was. And as I go closer, it was actually two trees growing out of one hole. And I thought, why, what is God trying to show us, show me? And um, I thought maybe the two trees support each other, maybe... I, don't, I can't see the roots underneath, but I could imagine that the roots were entwined. Whether that's a good thing or bad thing, I don't know. Um, and I thought maybe if we, we can support each other with our roots. And God said, no, it's not about the roots. It's not about the tree. Their stability depends on the soil that they are rooted in. And I thought, yep, I need to focus where I'm rooted in. And uh, there's an old chorus that goes, turn your eyes upon Jesus and the things of the earth will go strangely dim. And all of a sudden, where the, the loss of my key was a big issue for me, it started to get actually small and insignificant. And God started to share. And um, I just knew, I didn't know how God's going to um, bring, bring a breakthrough, but I just knew something is going to happen. He's going to, um, victory is going to come. So I went to uh, bed that night. I actually um, had all my camping gear in my car, so I just spent the night there. And um, I must say, I had the best sleep I ever had. Um, because when, when you give control to God, that's when you enter in His rest, and you know He's in control. That night, um, God gave me a dream, and I could see my keys. It's almost like Google Maps. It was zoomed in, and I can see it there lying on the, on the ground, and then it's like panning out, and I could see the state forest, and I can see uh, exactly where that key is. And that morning, first thing, I went directly there, and sure enough, there was the key, just as I dreamed. God is good. The chances of finding a key in a, it's probably not the biggest state forest, but it's big enough. If you need to lose something as small as a key, it's going to be hard to find it. It's like the, um, the, the needle in the haystack. 
Um, only God can do that, and I give him the glory and honor for that. Yeah. Wow. So we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that, but um, it's a great thought and a great encouraging thing to think that we can sometimes be so consumed by the moment and so consumed by the situation that surrounds us and that rages around us that we, we, just, we just have to stop focusing, just pause for a moment, breathe. And, and it's amazing how then God can speak. Do you know that's exactly the way that God spoke to Tians? You know, when Joseph, who was the, um, you know, the adopted father of Jesus, he wasn't the literal father, but in a dream, constant dreams, God led and guided, well, through the Holy Spirit speaking through those nights in his dreams and said, you know, take the child Jesus and take him into Egypt, keep him away from this place, get him out of Beth. All the time, God's guidance in wonderful ways. And so... Um, you, it, it's not necessarily dreams. There can be many other ways, but we want to just talk about that. But, you know, as I look at the Bible, from the very moment of creation, God has wanted to guide His humanity. He's wanted to be there to guide and lead them. He's not an absentee God. He's not a God that's a far away God. He's a God that wants to be close. And if you were to go to the very story of the um, Jewish nation, the Israel nation, you'll see God's guidance through, throughout their lives and throughout their, um, their uh, past and their history that God has guided them. Um, you know, the children of Israel, uh, we, we'll start the story very quickly. We start the story where they were enslaved in Egypt 400 years 400 years, and of course, God wanted them to come out of slavery, and so He sent a deliverer called Moses. Moses, um, unwilling at first, uh, eventually went and led the children of Israel through a set of events and circumstances which God had His hand on, um, led them out into, out of that slavery. And you know, the, for many, many, 400 years, you, you realize that people would have been born in slavery and died in slavery. And uh, you can appreciate many generations happened in, Jew in Israel's uh, history. And you can appreciate that they probably, probably the reality for people is they just feel like we're stuck. This is our life. This is where we'll, we've been. This is where we're always going to be. But, you know, I, I was contemplating that how God guides us. And maybe some people today can feel like that, that I'm stuck in some area of their life, maybe they're stuck in addiction, maybe stuck with a particular insecurity, or maybe felt feel stuck in a particular mindset or a habit that just, this seems to be my future. I am so grateful that no matter how stuck you may feel, God is able to guide us and provide an exodus. An exodus is a way out. God, it mean, literally means God's way out. So just as the children of Israel finally came out of slavery, that God has a way of leading us out of that point, an exit point from that stuck situation, moving us on. Because if He can do it for a nation of over a million people, couldn't He not do it for us? Certainly He can. I am so grateful for God's plan for you today is freedom. Okay, freedom from whatever that stuck situation may be, because He wants to lead us out. And, and, and of course, as we look at this story of the Israelite, the Jewish nation, we see that they came out of Egypt. They'd never been free before. There's generations of people who have always just known slavery, and now they're out of Egypt. And as they come, they, didn't, they, um, they knew they didn't want to go back to Egypt, but the truth is they weren't quite sure where they wanted to go or where they needed to walk to because they'd never passed this way before. 
um, sometimes we can be sure about the things we want to get away from, but we're not so sure about the things we want to walk into. Because it's a little con- maybe concerning in the sense that we've never, don't know what the future holds. And, and, and because our past can be familiar, but our future can be a little frightening because we know our past, but we don't know our future. And that's why sometimes I've discovered that we can, people can walk around the mountain again and again and again uh, because in times you don't know your future, it's more frightening than your past. And so it can be easier to go back to the old things uh, than to navigate the new things because the new things can mean breaking through new things into new you know, things you've never done before. You've never thought that way before. And that can be a little frightening. But I'm glad that there is a God that says, you know what? I want to walk with you the whole way. I'll not leave you nor forsake you. His presence through the Holy Spirit has made it possible. And so in Exodus 13, it's interesting to note the way that God led the children of Israel. In their darkest moments, God led them by a pillar of fire. In the daytime moments, God led them by a pillar, a cloud of um, a pillar of cloud. And so, whether you sense that you're in a nighttime season and it's difficult to know and it's a bit scary, you know, God still wants to lead you. Whether you're in a good season in the daytime season and God wants to lead you, whether good or bad, as Pastor Malcolm said this morning, is still an opportunity to give Him thanks and praise Him. Whether you know you lost your keys or you haven't lost your keys, you know, you what? Sometimes our attention's got to be taken off that thing that wants to consume us because if you listen, the Holy Spirit wants to guide you, He wants to lead you. I'm so good. I'm so glad that God put that story in the Old Testament where He just led the nation of Israel at the nighttime seasons and in the daytime seasons. Because He'll do the same for us. And I know that Sunday's a great day, but you know, tomorrow some of us are maybe going to go and face our Mondays, and it might be a, a work situation you've got to navigate that's not easy. Maybe tomorrow you've got to face a family situation that's not easy. I don't know what it could be, but you know, I, I'm not being prophetically negative here. I'm just saying that we can face some things sometimes, some mental health struggles or whatever you have to face. And you think, you know, it's all easy today, but we're going to face the week. But I I want to say that His promise stands that He will lead us and guide us. And the Holy Spirit wants to be not just with you, but in you, His presence. That's God's presence showing you and guiding you. Romans um, chapter 8, verse 14 says this. I love this. Uh, For as many... As are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons and daughters of God. Just, just grab this for a moment. Notice it says, uh, uh, um, as are led by the Spirit of God. Because as soon as the Holy Spirit starts to work in your life, you start to go somewhere. Can you see that? As, as are led by the Spirit of God. As many as are led are the sons and daughters of God. So, you know, when the Holy Spirit comes in our life, we, you can never be stagnant if the Holy Spirit's really working in your life. It's no, he won't let you tread water because He's going to take you somewhere. He wants to take you somewhere. He wants to take you into that future plan and purpose He has for you. So I love the reality. If, I'm, you know, if I'm, I don't allow the Holy Spirit, I'm going to become a little bit stagnant, a little bit static. It's just never going to go. But you know, as soon as you allow Him to lead you, as soon as you start to obey Him, it's amazing the way, the path that He'll lead you. It's incredible. So I want to talk to you today about two ways uh, that we can be led by the Holy Spirit. And 
Um, and so two, two words, really, but two ways we can be led. And, and because sometimes we can think that the Holy Spirit's a little mystical. I want to say he's not mystical at all. He's very practical. I, was, I have to share this story because it kind of lines up with Tian's. I wasn't going to, but it's just a great, it's, it's, um, it's a great uh, uh, I so support to what he said. And this week I lost, uh, the, uh, the church has a mobile phone and that's what we use. Um, and we, I lost that phone. Well, I misplaced it. Let's be honest, I didn't lose it. I thought I'd lost it, but I didn't. I misplaced it. And, and I, I realized that on the morning. Uh, what day was it, Malcolm? Oh, don't worry, I don't know either. Let's say, let's say Tuesday. Tuesday, right. So Tuesday I get to church and I think, where's the phone? I said, Malcolm, you got the phone? He says, no, I ain't got the phone. You had the phone. I said, yeah, you're right, I did. Where'd I put it? Um, and so I, I, I checked through the offices. Uh, I couldn't find it. Um, throughout the day, I'm checking. I'm thinking, you know, when there's something in your, you're just you're nagging your thoughts. Oh, where did I put it? Where did we? And I'm getting, I'm getting upset about it. And, and I, I rang Michelle up. I said, Michelle, check the cars, check the house, check everything under the bed. I don't know where, but just check it all. And she says, okay, okay, okay. Um, so she checked it all. And, and by midday, I, I still couldn't find it. Um, and then in the afternoon dragged on, I'm still thinking, where is it? The phone, you know, I, I rang the phone twice and it went to answering service. I'm listening to my own voice. I said, no, I don't want to listen to that. I want you to, I want to hear the ringing somewhere around me. I can't. And so I, I had to leave church. I went somewhere else and, and I was in a place where I just had a moment because I got, Mich I rang Michelle again to check the house again. I checked, you know, and I started to think, well, maybe I've missed. I've lost it and someone's stolen it. And then I started to think, well, I'm going to have to buy a phone. And it's, I'm going to have to buy it. That's cool. I don't mind, you know, owning up and buying the phone for the church again. But I just said, oh, far out. Um, you know, and all these thoughts started to flood my mind. So I'm away from the church and I just calmed my heart. I just started to, you know, sometimes we use God as the last resort, not the first option. So I just prayed this prayer. I, I just said, God, um, because sometimes we ask, we don't have because we don't ask. And so I said, God, would you just show me where this phone is? And I just breathe for a moment and I just calm myself and I stopped all the other thoughts invading my mind, a bit like Tian's. And as I started to think, I believe very clearly I was prompted just to start to think about the day before where I'd been. And then I started to think about, I've been there, I've been there, I've been, and then all of a sudden this picture came into my mind. The toilet cubicle at the church. Now that's inspiring. Who would ever think that you'd find a, a phone and a toilet cubicle? So I, I, I wasn't here. I, was I, I rang Malcolm. I said, Malcolm, check the toilet cubicles. I believe that's where the phone is. I think, I think, you know, I didn't say Holy Spirit. But at the time, I think, God, you're so good. I can get a picture of it. Just like Tian's got a picture of his keys. I get this picture. But I wasn't dreaming. I was just this thought came to my mind. And, you know, and, and within half an hour or so, Malcolm sent me a picture. He was, must have been excited. He sent me a picture of my phone. And here it is. Right beside the toilet paper. Of course. Someone just said to me, well, Andrew said to me, of course, the phone will be on the throne. <laughs> it's a good thought. It's not my original thought. <laughs> Andrew Young thought it. 
But I want to just say that that's, you know, um, you know, it's when we sometimes, we're seeking God's guidance, and if out of all the thoughts and out of all the emotion of the moment, you just sometimes just got to breathe. And as Tian said, you just got to, it's resting in Him. And then when you do that, your mind starts to clear, and the Holy Spirit can just speak clearly about the next step you need to take. But we rush and rage and carry on sometimes, and we just got to stop. And it's amazing how clearly he'll speak to us. I've had that happen many times. I've had, actually had it happen with car keys as well, but we'll go on. So, so the Holy Spirit, how does he lead us? Let's get a little bit more practical and, and see what the Word of God says. And, and the, the, the first way the Holy Spirit will lead you, and the first key is simply this, repentance. And you might say, well, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by repentance? Because when you think of repentance, when I think of repentance, it can be really just us saying, sorry, 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 oh, sorry, 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 God. No, no, it, it might be that moment when we do say, God, forgive me, and turn around and, you know, turn back to Him. But repentance, if you were to nail it in one thought, it's acknowledging that I'm not God. That's what repentance is. It's acknowledging that I'm not God. Repentance is acknowledging that even though I have hopes and plans and desires um, for my future, I'm not God. God is God. Jesus is God. The Holy Spirit is God, but I'm certainly not God. And if anybody has thought this morning that they've actually have got some God-like qualities, thank God because He's put it there and you're not God. We try to be God when we continually seek to walk our own way and maybe subconsciously say, I know better. I know how to rule my life. We have to stop acting like we're the controller of our life because it's impossible for the Holy Spirit to lead me while I insist that I'm the leader of my own life. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't have a say in your life and you don't have plans and desires. Of course you do. But why not submit them to God? It's amazing how He'll lead you with that, that conscious thought, yeah, this is the way walk in it. Or that common sense thought, this is the way I should go. It's amazing how He leads us. I was uh, traveling not so many months ago. Michelle and I just had one or two days off, and we, were, we went and stayed at a little place in the hinterlands of the Sunshine Coast called Monfil. And we'd gone for a drive down, and we were kind of at Nambo, and we wanted to go back up a different way to Montville, up this track that I hadn't been to many times. And so I put the wonderful... Um, GPS and Siri on, you know, and it was, and on the, my car is a little screen, and it shows you the trail you've got to take. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So, um, but as I'm, uh, I'm thinking, I put uh, GPS, because I just want to make sure I get there, and uh, so um, in putting that on, I turned the, I turned Siri's volume off. I just left the visual and not the words, you know, not her speaking to me every 30 seconds, they turn right here. So I left, I, I, I tuned her out, I turned her off. Mind you, She's a nice voice. She's actually an Australian lady. Um, but anyway, that's besides the point. So as I'm traveling, I'm traveling through these narrow little roads because I like to explore. I'm one of those people who doesn't like to go the same way twice. I mean, I go home different ways from church sometimes just because I don't want to be bored of the same place, going the same way. So I'm traveling along, and Michelle says to me, she says to me, I think we're going the wrong way. And in my mind, I go, nah. I didn't say that because I know better. <laughs> I said, and then as I looked at the map, I thought, well, just wait a second. There's no 
blue line ahead of me. It's all behind. So I turned Siri back on again, her, her, the volume, and, and tuned her in. And sure enough, she said, do a U-turn. So we did a U-turn, came back to a point where I missed a turn, and away we went and we found our destination pretty quickly. But you know what? Our life sometimes can be like that. We just want God. We want God when we want God, but not when we always, we don't have to have Him all the time. We'll just keep it at arm's length. And sometimes we'll just tune out, turn Him down so we don't hear the voice because we're enjoying the feeling what we're having right now. We can, we can enjoy it. And you know what? I've discovered that placing God on the sideline, placing God at arm's length, always leads me up to dead ends, always leads me up the wrong path. And never at any point, you know, do we sometimes consider, maybe we just need to ask God to be the leader of our lives and really turn, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us through our conscience or through reading His Word. It takes a bit of humility to say that I don't know best, that maybe the creator of the universe, the creator of my life, the guy who invented gravity actually knows best. The person who created me would actually like to lead me and guide me through the Holy Spirit's leadings and guidance. And you know what? We've got to turn the voice and we've got to allow the voice of God to be heard because sometimes God he wants to lead us much more than I want to hear him lead me. And we've got to change it. And that takes a bit of humility. I know that there is a direct connection between the Holy Spirit, ability to lead us and be at work in your life and your willingness to have a humble heart and ask for guidance. Because it actually says in Acts chapter 3, verse 19, look what it says. It says, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. It's a times of what? Refreshing may come from the presence of what? The Lord. The presence of the Lord. Do you see that God causes His presence to move and refresh us when there is a heart attitude that is repentant? And that repentance is, is just saying, God, you're God, I'm not God, and I need to put you on the throne of my life and not me. And humility is a magnet for the Holy Spirit, church. It's a magnet for the Holy Spirit. King David discovered this because King David, um, when he was king, he uh, committed adultery with a lady. He then had her husband murdered. I mean, there was some major stuff up he'd done. He had major things going down. And then we see within months or within a year anyway, David's heart responds to that. As Nathan the prophet came and said, David, yeah, you've done this. And God's not pleased with that. And so his response in Psalm 51 says this, verse 10 and 11, Create within me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast what? spirit within me. And notice what verse 11 says. He says, Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. I love the reality of this. Um, see, where there is humility and repentance, God's presence dwells there. He doesn't dwell with my pride and ego. It's not that he's not available, it's just that I've got to give up that ego and pride. <clears throat> so you want to be led by the Holy Spirit? The first key is to, is, is to give up the notion that I'm God, or at least be aware that try to, trying to play God uh, when we continually grab the steering wheel of our own life and insist that I can do this. It'll never happen, it'll never work. It's a humbly coming before him, and he will lead us. That can take some effort for some of us. I mean, I think, uh, to be honest, I think my whole life has continually been giving up that ego, giving up that pride. I, I, I gather the rest of my life will still continue to be that. 
giving it up. <laughs> I don't need that. I just need to, I've, I've got to realize that he ultimately is the one who receives the glory. And any good things that happen in my life are to his glory. And anything bad things that happen in my life are usually my stuff-ups anyway. And I don't need to blame him for those things. If you want to be led by the Holy Spirit, it's not just repentance, but here's the second thing. It's surrender. Surrender is simply yielding or giving up control to another. And the trouble comes when with God, we, we're more interested in negotiating terms than we are in surrendering our hearts to God. And we can say, you know what you do, you negotiate with God. I don't know if you've ever negotiated. God. If you do this, God, I'll do this. I'll serve you, God, and surrender to you if you give me a girlfriend or a boyfriend by the age of 21. Oh, no, God, oh, God, I'll, 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 um, I'll tithe if you bless me first. Oh, God, if you heal my grandma, you know, I, I'll serve you. Now, they're all understandable things, and they're not wrong within themselves, but unfortunately, we attempt to control God and negotiate with Him sometimes. And we mightn't do it verbally, we'll just do it in our heart. Because we want to have answers and, 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 we, and we want, we, you know, we, we say, God, you've got the power and I want what you have, but on my terms. And God says, I can only work with a heart that is fully surrendered. Um, there's a great verse, uh, a great story that uh, is in 1 Samuel chapter 3, an Old Testament book about a little boy who, didn't be, who grew up to be a great prophet of God for Israel. His name's Samuel. And in chapter 3, little Samuel is probably, I don't know, 6, 7, 8. And God's trying to speak to him audibly. And he's, he didn't recognize it at first. And so he's... Um, Finally, um, you know, he realizes God's speaking. And so he's laying down in the middle of the night. And in verse, uh, verse 10 of 1 Samuel chapter 3, it, it says this. Now the Lord came and stood and called out as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening or your servant hears. Notice this. When we have a heart to serve God and not a heart that says, okay, God, let's negotiate. You show me what you can do and I'll show you what I can do. When we have a heart, notice it says, speak for your servant hears. In other words, when we have a heart to just serve God, when we have a heart to surrender to God, it's amazing how then we can, God will speak. Because he spoke to this little boy who grew up to become a great man of God. And it was because he said, you know what, I'm your servant before I'm anything else. Do you know you're a servant of God before you're a position in your workplace? You're a servant of God before you're ever a dad, a mom. You're a servant of God before you ever, you know, your occupation. You're a servant of God before you're ever a position. You're a servant. You need to be a servant of God any, before any title, any exalted thing. Uh, you know, you're a, we need to be that. And when we're a servant of God, it's amazing how it attracts the Holy Spirit's attention. When you surrender to Him, and one of the quickest ways to progress in your faith is to stop trying to control everything and yield to the Lord. Because as you do, then the Holy Spirit can direct and lead you. It's a challenge. I grant you that. It's a challenge. I know that when you yield to God, it's one of the great, it, it, it can be a little difficult sometimes. But as you work through that, the Holy Spirit can direct and make your life a wonderful blessing and joy. Just not to you, but to many others. As the team come this morning, I, uh, 
I've got one last verse today. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. And it's just, it's an Old Testament verse, and it says this. um, So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, come on, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. It's by the spirit. And you know what? I have smarts. You have smarts and intelligence. Praise God for that. They're God-given things. We have talented people. We've all got talents in different areas. I praise God for that. You've got, you've got physical strength. You've got common sense. You've got creative abilities. You've got some wisdom about you. But you know what? It can Sometimes we can lean into those things, and it's just the might and power of our own ability. But you know what? We need to take those things, yield them, surrender them to God, and say, God, use what you will of me, but I want to hear your voice and how to do those, use those things first. And as you do, it becomes by, your, by the Spirit of God and not by the might of my own hand that I'm able to live. Lift myself out, lift myself up, or, or, or move on to all that He has for you. I want to say that, you know, don't dwell uh, where it's just all me, but dwell where it's all Him. As John the Baptist said, you know, I must decrease, but He must increase. Well, well that would be a great thing to do, I think. Him increase. And the more you surrender, the more you yield, the more you realize He's God and I'm not. It's amazing how your life can be directed. I can get, you can get angry like Tians did just for a moment about losing his keys. You can get frustrated like I did on Tuesday. Or you could just rest and say, God, I need your direction of wisdom. And it's amazing as you rest and just stop, stop all the thoughts, all the emotions sometimes and say, God, I just praise you. I just praise you. I just praise you. I just honor you. I just worship you. And as you do, it, the, the, the emotion drains out of the circumstance. The, 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 the struggle drains out. The fear, the concern, the apprehension, the anxiety, the worry can drain out of your life. And you just start to think clearly. And it's amazing in those moments of thinking clearly how clearly He can, he can speak to you and direct your life. Can we stand today? As we close, we're going to worship in a moment. I want to just pray for you today. Father, I thank you for every person. I thank you that you're a God that is God and that we don't need to be God. And more than that, we don't need to put ourselves there and say, wow, we don't literally do that, God. We don't maybe even think that. But sometimes my actions, I try to push you aside and I try to sit on my own throne when it's your throne of my life. Help us to surrender that, Lord. Father, help us in our ego sometimes, in our pride, to be able to surrender that and not allow it to dominate our mind, how good I am, but know how good you are, God. How good you are. Father, we need you. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're present right now. And whatever my dear brothers and sisters are facing, if there's a struggle in an area, there's a, a, a thing that they feel stuck in, or maybe there's a thing they're not quite sure about, or there's, a, there's an element of wisdom they right need right now and this week and this day, that you would help them in that as they just quiet their spirit before you and just allow you to speak. As they read your word, that you would speak through that. Or maybe even through a, a kind, loving friend, that you may even speak somewhere that would be your truth to them. 
Father, I thank you for every person and we need you today. And I thank you that we can be the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your presence come in Jesus' name. Amen. As we just take a moment to worship before we close, how about you just for a moment put everything aside. What are you going to do for lunch? Who are you going to spend time with? That's great. Um, the work you got to do before you start work tomorrow or the sleep you want, this, put it all aside for a moment and just for a moment, just give Him thanks and praise. Come on, let's sing this beautiful song and worship Him. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind because I know there's peace within I speak Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Till every dark addiction starts to break. Declaring there is hope and there is freedom. I speak Jesus. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Yes, Lord. Your name is light. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows. Burn like a fire. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over fear and all anxiety. Come on, those things don't need to be your life. To every soul held captive by depression. Right now, in the name of Jesus. I speak Jesus. Come on. Your name is power. Your name your name is life. Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the over every enemy oh, Jesus for my family I speak the holy name Jesus shout Jesus from the mountains yes Lord Jesus in the streets yes Lord Jesus in the darkness over every Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus. Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Yes, Jesus. 
us over every healed body today. Break Come on. Every yes, Lord. Father, we thank you. Your presence makes all the difference. In the name of Jesus, that authority you've given us, we speak it today over every sickness, over every situation that we just want to see you invade, Lord. Have your way today. We just see it today and we see your hand can be upon it in Jesus' name. And if you agreed this morning, come on, you said, amen, amen. Church, give him a hand because he's worthy of it. We praise you today. We give you all the glory. Have a great day. Encourage someone today. Let's remember in about 15 minutes, we're going to be back in the building. If you want to be a part of that, you're welcome. But we'll have our annual general meeting. We'd love to see you. Thank you.